might turn, if we could please, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, I want to talk about a bit of a simple topic tonight. I want to talk a little bit about life. And um, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, whether it's, you know, my, my old age or um, just watching, you know, my, my three kids grow up and just, you know, sort of just life really. And, and it's something that regardless of what we're doing, it, it moves on, you know, whether you know, if we're asleep, we, st- we wake up in the morning and we're still older and life continues to move forward, no matter the state that we find ourselves in. And, you know, it doesn't stop. The seconds keep ticking. And, you know, we hear about the, the, the saying about the five minutes to midnight and the doomsday clock. And, you know, we're continually at this state of, uh, of five minutes to midnight. Okay? We don't know what the future holds. Uh, we know as people that are spirit-filled and baptised, that, that are walking with the Lord, with a relationship with Him, that, that when that clock strikes midnight, that, that we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. And you know, that's, that's the, uh, the ever-ending battle that we will continue to face, is are we going to be there on that day? Will we, will we be there on that day? Will we be seen as worthy? And you know, the Bible tells us that we all have an expiry date, but it also asks us to to think about the time that we have. It asks us to, to consider what we're doing, whether we're making the most of, of what we've got. We read in, in the, the book of James R4 and, and, and verse 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapour that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know? It doesn't escape, it doesn't escape any of us. It it can be it can be bitter. It can be cruel sometimes. It, it ebbs and flows, you know, um, and that sort of makes us have to start to think about, you know, what are our priorities? What are the things that we hold dear to our heart? And then, do we make the most of that? You know, you hear stories of of people that will work, you know, sixty five, seventy years will work, and then seven years later will expire and 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 for the majority of their life they've worked and, and whether they've been happy or, or not, you know, nobody knows. When you're sitting there with somebody before they leave this life, quite often you're talking about things that matter. You're not talking about the bills, you're not talking about who did this, who did that. You you, you talk about achievement, you talk about memories, and sometimes you even talk about regrets. And you know, when when our time expires or in this journey that we call life, you know, what, what will, will be our final words, our final thoughts, you know, in the, in the still of the night by ourselves or with, or with the people that we love. You know, tonight we're going to look at a bit about Solomon. Um, in all his wisdom, um, we know that he, uh, he came, um, the son of King David, that David was, was the youngest in his family, that, that God saw his heart and looked upon him. He was, he was a shepherd boy that when, when, um, when his dad was bringing his sons before, uh, the prophet to, to, to look at anointing, you know, the, the next king that he was, he was a forethought that he, he was just a speck in the back of the mind that, that wasn't even considered, but that, but God saw his heart and judged him worthy and, and David, you know, he grew and, and he went through his own battles, you know, with Saul and, and you read about the times in the, in the word where he stumbled and he fell and, and you had Solomon, his son, that, that had grown up, had grown up probably like a lot of people here tonight and that are watching online, 
have heard stories of of their parents and and family friends and around the dinner time table of of the victories that God has done of the times that God has answered prayer and you know in in and it comes a time where where he's asked where he steps up to become the king and at this point Solomon's already endured some hard times but when God when when he when he comes before God and and they look at you know what to pray what to pray to the Lord about we read in first Kings uh, chapter three and verse twelve that behold I have done according to thy words and this is God talking to Solomon I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee neither after all thee shall any arise unto thee for I have also given thee which you haven't asked both riches and honour so that there shall be not not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Now, like a lot of us, as, as we live life, sometimes depending on the, the family we're a part of, whether it's an educated group of people or um, you know, you're, 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 you're a known you're a known person or, or prestige in schooling or, or sometimes we want, we want our life to be different to what our parents and our grandparents have had. You know, there was, there was pressure, there was, there was pressure on, on Solomon. And, you know, if you think about that, you know, I'll lengthen the days. Um, you know, if, if you measure up to your, your father David, you know, he, he uses, he uses King David as the example for Solomon to follow after. But he talks about as well that because you didn't want riches, that I that I will give that to you. And um, Ecclesiastes three, or I'm sure we all are. Um, Solomon writes, "To everything there is a season, and a time in every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal." A time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to loose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to haste. A time of war and a time of peace. You know, as Solomon Wright said, you know, there is a time for everything under the sun. There is a time for you and I in our lives to, to go to work. There is a time for us then cease from working to spend time with your family and then a time to, to, to dwell alone, you know, in, in solitude there. A time to, a time to, you know, as we're about to experience a time to hug and a time to cuddle and to love and then a time for a time to refrain from that. That there is a time and a purpose for everything, for everything under heaven. You know, Solomon was given this amazing, this amazing wisdom that we read about in the book of Ecclesiastes, this, this amazing life. But we know as we read about the life of Solomon that he stumbled and he fell, that he, he wasn't perfect before the Lord. And as you and I in, in our life, you know, life is not this, this straight line that sort of just goes, goes up. You know, it, it ebbs and flows and, you know, some some days can be good and bad, all in all in one hit, and we can struggle to keep up with emotion and and how we're feeling. And 
and how the world really, really wants us to feel. And there's no line of perfection. You know, life is life and it's fluid and, and sometimes, you know, bad things happen to good people. Sometimes you know, good things happen to good people and, and whatever situation we want to, we want to sort of plant there, you know, life, life, life goes on. And, you know, I was just thinking, I was, um, spending some time with uh, one of my family members uh, last week and you know, they're going through a bit of a rough spot at the moment and um, and we just sort of and we're in, we're sort of in the hospital and and you sort of look at you look at this room with, with people in there you know that are, that are waiting to see doctors and 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 stuff where where something in life has happened to them and it's come out of nowhere that you know they've, they've been doing you know you've, you've just been living and all of a sudden, Something can happen, you know. I know for, for me, I um, you know, I've talked about being a rascal before, and I was, and but I always thought I had good manners and was a good person, and 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 the like. But when stuff happens and you don't expect it, sometimes you know we we don't know how to respond. But like we look around this room tonight and we see testimonies, you know, and Cassandra talked, you know, in Cassandra's testimony there as well about where Cassandra had come from to, to, to where she is now. And likewise, you know, her, her husband Danny was faced with a situation before coming to the Lord, you know, and, and it was sort of result, and it was resolved like before he came to the Lord, you know, he was healed of, he was healed of cancer. And, but we can look at the dot points of our life and we can start to see where because we have this hope, we can see that God has intervened here, God has intervened there, and by the end of it, we can see the whole journey that that God has been a part of it from the from the from the beginning to the end. And sometimes, in in the midst of the battle, in the, in the midst of life, we can't see that. You know, all we can all we can see is is the battle that we're a part of. All we can see is is that life just buffets us, you know, you know, no matter where we are. Um, and we're just going to look in Ecclesiastes chapter two. Just go back, uh, go back one chapter. And this is, you know, Solomon really is, is recounting his life here. And just going to start in verse one. Um, and I said in my heart, go to now for I'll prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure and behold, this is also vanity. And I said of laughter, is it mad of mirth? What, what does it? And I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good of the sons of men, that they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. And he, he now begins to, to, to account some of the things that, that he has done. Okay? I made me great works, and real Aussie sort of lingo there, you know, I, I made me, you know, um, and made me great works. I builded me houses and, and I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and, and orchard and orchards and I planted trees in them all kinds of fruit. And I made me pools of water to water wherewith, therewith, the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me silver and gold and the, and the peculiar treasure of the kings and of the provinces. I gat me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments that are of all sorts. 
So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them, for withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labour, and this was my portion, all of my all of my labour. Uh, Solomon there recounting you know, his life, he he lacked for nothing. You know, he he you know we read about you know, in the scripture about where he lived, you know, his servants, the the possessions that he had. You know, this was someone that had the best of what the world had to offer. He was someone that that if he looked at it and he liked it, he he could possess it. Well, such was his wealth. You know, and we know his fame and his reputation through the land. You know, he was he was a he was a known man, and you know we read in the scripture about the wives and the concubines and, and all of this he had, and I don't know why he didn't stop at one, because for me, one wife is more than enough, and I'm sure uh, for Michelle as well, one husband is definitely more than enough. But life, but but for him, you know, he Solomon, Solomon, despite all of his riches, despite all of all of his um his his status, you know, he he wasn't perfect before God, and this is somebody who could have the best of life. And you know, for you and I, the average the average Joes, where sometimes every day in life can be a battle, um, and we maybe we have to scrape and save and and really work hard to earn what we can. You know, what do we what do we then value? You know, I don't have you know, it's a big number in the bank account or anything like that, so I can't click my fingers and, and have whatever I want in front of me at, at any given moment. But sometimes we need to work out where our priorities are in life. We need to work out what our desires are in life and, you know, whether what we're seeking after is our life and then we sort of fit the Lord in wherever we can, or whether we want to have the Lord at the centre point of our life, at the centre point of our existence, knowing that whatever we lack, that God will fill in the gaps, that the times where where we, where we don't feel like we can press on anymore, that we can seek the Lord and know that God will answer. You know, um, And we read on in verse 11, and it says, and I looked at this is Solomon again, that I looked at all the works of my hands had wrought and on the labour that had laboured to do and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. There was no profit under the sun. You know, Solomon looked at the deeds of his life, the things that he'd achieved and realised you know, that it was vanity, that there was no pro- there was nothing there to profit, profit him, you know, not ju- just in the life but the life to come. You know, the Bible talks to us about to not build up our treasure on this earth where, where moth or rust can corrupt, but to build up ourselves treasure in heaven where, where this earthly life will not touch that. To focus on, on, on that, that heavenly calling, you know, that one day that because we've sowed a seed and sowed a seed unto God to the life to come, you know, that when the glory of Christ returns for you and I, that, that, what we have stored up in heaven will not compare or, or and will pale into comparison with with where and where and what we find ourselves in, in in this life. We might um 
jump over to 1 Timothy in chapter 6, if we could, please. I'm just going to start in verse 6, if we could, thanks. But godliness with uh, contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food or raiment, let us there with, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in, in, des- in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with, with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You know, and Paul writing to Timothy here about, about, I guess, the difference between a life with the Lord and, a, and, a, and, and the perils of one, and the perils of one without, you know, that you and I, and the encouragement that I get is that, that you and I, we, while it's great to have the best that this life has to offer, and, you know, the, the comforts and to lack for nothing and our, and our children if we're married or, or supporting our, our wife or our husband, and, you know, in, in that side of things. But the, the main thing in this life is we just need to get by. We don't have to have the most expensive clothes, the, 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 the best car. We don't have to be stuck in a job feeling like we need to obtain to a lifestyle up here because it's what everybody else has, but that we can settle for a life here to be content in the Lord, you know. You know, for me, the happiest moments I have in life is when I've come, I don't often get home too late, but the, the days where I, where I get home late and, you know, maybe I've, I've missed dinner, but the kids run up to me as soon as I get home and give me, give me a cuddle and, you know, they want to wrestle and stuff on the floor. And, you know, for me, that's, that's my treasure when I come home. You know, um, you know, the Lord has given us an amazing blessing and, and, you know, to be able to, have a, have a house where we can live and, and to provide meetings for the saints and a place, you know, that, that we can dwell safely. But that's not the guiding direction of, of, of my life. And, and I believe that the scriptures talk quite clearly to us about, you know, about not just the life that we're aiming towards, but what the priorities are in this life. You know, and there's nothing wrong with having hobbies with, with working, with working hard, you know, with, with, with loving and being a part of your family or, or striving after, you know, study or a career or, or, or whatever it might be. But we need to continually assess our priorities on a daily basis. Each day we need to make a decision of, of whether we are going to put God first in, in our life as an individual in, 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 or if in a family, in your life as a family, or whether this day you're going to make sacrifices, or whether this day you're going to settle for you're going to settle for something else over over whatever it is that the Lord can offer. You know, whether it's you've stayed up too late one night when you normally have prayer before you go to bed, or or, or read some of the Word of God to encourage yourself. So then you you push that aside, and I'm just going to go to sleep, and I'll do it tomorrow, and and tomorrow never comes. You know, um, but but we get here and and. 
and you know, Timothy gives, is given this encouragement as a young, as a young man of faith on, 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 on the temptation of this life, but also, also what the reward is if you follow that pathway. You know, that if, if you, if you fall into temptation, um, into the snares of this life, you know, making foolish decisions, you know, you go down to destruction. And it talks about, you know, the love, the love of money is, is the root of all evil. And, and a lot of us covet these things. You know, I know for me, I didn't grow up with much. We grew up with a nice warm meal every night and we knew, and we knew we were loved. And looking, and looking back on it now, that was, that was all I, that was, that's all I, all I needed. But, you know, there was a, there was a time there where I was so determined to want more and more and more because, you know, I perceived that I had, I, I missed out on so much growing up. But, for me now, you know, I think if I can just provide a, a safe environment for, for for my family, you know, that that's enough for me. If I can, you know, if I can live in a live in a house and and you know my my work situation and stuff like that, if it pro- is able to provide me flexibility to serve my family and more importantly to serve my God, then that for me is enough. And, and brothers and brothers and sisters, every day, whether whatever situation in life we find ourselves in, these these decisions will come up, you know, and we will have to maintain and to test our priorities, to test our faith, to to be able to cast aside cares of people in in this life, of pressure in this life. You know, Jesus Jesus says some, some wonderful things to us if we consider his example. You know, and we, and we read um, in Mark chapter eight that whoever would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That but life was never going to be easy, you know, and, and it doesn't matter where you've come from on the journey. All that matters is the final destination, that, that life won't be easy and it will kick you when it's down and just when you think you're over the hump, you know, I'll be honest, as I, as I did before this week, I thought we were over the hump and now we've rolled back down the bottom of the hill and we've got to pick ourselves up, dust off our feet and, and climb back up the mountain again. And, you know, we have to be prepared, you know, when Jesus, when Jesus had to take up his cross and to, and, and to walk, and to walk down, you know, to Golgotha to be crucified, you know, he'd been, he'd been tortured all night. He'd been, you know, he'd been, he'd been spat on, you know, he'd been wrongly accused. And even when he was carrying his cross, you know, he couldn't do it. He needed somebody to pick it up for him. And, and for you and I, you know, picking up, taking up our cross daily and following after the Lord doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that life, life is easy. We could get a show of hands here tonight about people that have had struggles in life. But what we would also get is people who have had struggles in life who would put their hands up and say that I have seen the Lord intervene. I have seen the Lord take up my cross so that I can follow after him because I've trusted in him. Despite the situation that I've been a part of, despite the pressures I've been under, I've been able to look to Jesus Christ. You know, the scriptures say the author and the finisher of my faith, knowing that he will provide. You know, we read it, Jesus again says in John 15 that you are my friends if you do whatsoever I've commanded you. you know, we re- and we'll go, we'll go to, Ma- we'll go to Matthew chapter six. There's a couple of thoughts to wind down and. Right? And what is and what is what does Jesus ask us to do? Now we read before to deny ourselves, 
to deny our thoughts, to deny our opinions, to submit ourselves to a godly opinion, to follow, to follow after Him. But we read, but we read here in, um, we'll start in verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, for what shall you eat, or what shall you drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they show not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, and how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And, I, and yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like as one of these. I mean, once again, it goes back to Solomon, that, that Solomon in his pomp, in his circumstance, and, and in his life, and the wealth and the riches that he had was paled in comparison to you know, lilies of the field. And that sort of blows my mind a bit, that you, know, you get this flower on the earth that, that you know, in, in the eyes of the Lord is, is, is more beautiful and, and more important than, than you know, the riches and, 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 and the, the status and, 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 and the appearance of Solomon. And we read on saying, uh, Wherefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And Jesus goes on to say here, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Come to me, seek me out, and I will look after you. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will look after you. You know, brothers and sisters, let us lay down our life for Jesus Christ. You know, the kingdom of God is upon us. You know, we, we know, we know the scriptures in, in Matthew 24. We, we know the signs of the times are upon us. You know, we know where we stand in life and you know this five minutes to midnight that we don't know we don't know our end from our beginning. But the creator of the universe does. You know? Let us be prepared to lay down our life, whether it be our physical life, our mental life, you know, our own personality and ideas. Let us continue to be moldable before the Lord, knowing that whatever we lack, that He will take care of. You know, um I remember for, for myself, I, you know, I love, I love going and visiting the saints. I love spending time in people's homes, going through the word of God. And I love praying with people that are in difficulty, expecting and seeing them healed. And nothing makes me happier than seeing people get healed by the power of God. You know? or, or going through scripture and, and seeing them get it. Seeing, you know, seeing, you know, that same feeling that I had when I felt I got something. And seeing someone get it and seeing prayers answered and people grab the victory through Christ, you know, but that, and that, that's come at a cost. You know, I, I find myself sometimes, I'm sure a lot of us do, you know, when we commit ourselves to the work of the Lord, we, we sacrifice things at home or, or our work life or, or whatever it may be. But it's amazing that whatever we give up, that, that God finds a way of, of 
of making things possible. A brother talked to me about tithing once and he explained to me that um, you know, he got tapped on the shoulder about tithing and he all he had was $20 in his wallet. You know, he put it in a, in a tithe bag. I don't know whether he was almost half begrudgingly as it left his hand, but he'd left, he'd left the meeting and, um, and I think the story goes he was walking along and all of a sudden $20 out of nowhere just blew at his feet. And you know, he had nothing besides what he put in the bag, but the Lord provides. And it doesn't matter the situation we're a part of or what we see or what maybe we think, but the Lord, the Lord provides no matter where we are, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, you, you want a husband or wife, you know, or, or you can't have children and, and you want to start a family. God will provide for whatever situation you and I are a part of and wherever we find ourselves. But all we have to do is be prepared to put him first and trust that God will do that. And if you're at home and, and you're watching on for the first time tonight, know that, that God sees your heart and, and God can enter your heart and you can know that he's alive and real. You know, we've got a baptism tank here tonight and, and whether you're at home and want to come down 255 Kimpala Road, Woodcroft, or whether you want to get on your knees at your couch or wherever you might be tonight to pray to, to receive the Holy Spirit, God can come into your life and can show you that there is a life, there is a life worth living and that there is promises and that there is hope amongst the darkness and the uncertainty that we see that, that we have a God who is full of hope, who is full of love, who is full of mercy, that wants to know you and wants you to make a home with him. And all the people said...